Hello. Thank you guys for joining. <laughs> or swap back on. Uh, welcome to Dive In with XO Swimmer Girl XO uh, or Catherine. You can just call me Catherine as well. I'm live on TikTok right now for my first podcast, which I felt was appropriate because um, the only reason I have a podcast is because people are following me on TikTok, which is so nice and extremely validating. And um, so I just thought, what better way to start this thing off? I want to talk about dating um, situationships specifically and why we all feel the need to define everything. Um, personally, I understand that we all feel a large, like a, a sense of comfort, I think, in defining the undefined, mainly because, um, I can't even, but mainly because um, we don't, people are afraid of the unknown. And so what used to be going steady is now dating and then you get engaged. And when you, when in the fifties, when everybody seems to idolize the fifties, which is something I don't really understand, um, people would be going steady for a while and ask for a name. There's always different levels of intimacy that I think we feel more comfortable when we address them. And so that is where situationships came from. In my opinion, it's the need for us to define a, a stage that isn't definable. I like to think of relationships as getting to know somebody and focusing on um, how you feel when you're around them and how your life can benefit or is, effect is affected by them being in your life. So I think when people talk about situationships, they're often talking about the part of a relationship that's undefined. And so it's of course, it's natural to diff have a difficult time getting over something that isn't defined because you never defined it. So you didn't even define when it started. Like, of course, you're not going to define when it ends. And then if you don't have a defining end date, you know, what? where do you go from here? I think that's also in a dark way. The reason why people when somebody has gone missing and they finally tell somebody's family, oh, we found your child or somebody has passed away, which is also dark. Sorry to address this, but there's a point knowing that something has ended knowing that that is an answer gives people a sense of relief. And so the question, how do you get over a situationship? How do you move past that? How do you move on from something that at its core was never defined? Trying to move on from it seems to be an impossible task. I would ask more, and I think we all benefit a little bit more from recognizing how we feel in that environment. And the fact that it wasn't defined is because there wasn't a ton of intimacy or a lot of trust, especially if you were having a difficult time with the fact that it wasn't defined. If you want something to be defined and someone refuses to define it, it seems like you have unnecessary like needs that aren't meeting each other. Every single person in the world um, really has an unfinished part of your story. We never really know how anything ends. So on top of the feelings of being sad or heartbroken you don't need to add any shame to it. I think for me, what has benefited me the most is just allowing myself to feel what I feel, which means if you are going to cry about somebody who is 5'7 from Brooklyn for months and you've never cried about somebody who's 5'7 before, you can cry about him. Blaming yourself to, for why you're crying has never really benefited, at least me in my own personal life, um, which is actually why I made my TikTok account. I got TikTok actually over a year ago. Sorry, I'm going to sip water. Maybe it'll sound like ASMR. Who knows? Um, actually, I do know. I did sip water before and it sounds like ASMR. So sorry about that. That might be why people edit. I'm assuming that's probably why people. Oh, I love big shout out um, to Famous Girlfriend 69, my favorite person who has followed me on TikTok ever or one of them. I'm uh, 
for people who just joined, I am on live. And if you're listening to me in, I guess, the car, so bizarre, or anywhere else, uh, you already know I'm on live. So sorry for re-saying that again. I pl- I promised that I would never edit podcasts. Um, I want this to feel like we're on the phone. And you might be thinking, wow, this is a one-sided phone conversation. I hate to break it to you, but a lot of my phone conversations with my friends are one-sided. So it is pretty realistic. Um and so I'm sorry about that. So back to situationships. How do we get over them? I don't think we do. I think we need to stop hyper-focusing on getting over them and start fo- and start focusing on the moment and how we feel with somebody, which might lead you to notice that you are in more situationships. Every relationship you have with somebody is a relationship to somebody else. So whether it's your boss that you don't like, whether it's a coworker you have a crush on, um, I also should like you're always in relation to someone else. That's how you're existing. So why is it that the romantic ones are the ones that seem to keep us up at night? I think it has a lot to do with expectations. And I think expectations are awesome. There's a lot of criticism as well online about people who have very clearly defined expectations. I just saw a video on my For You page today. Um, and I like didn't like it at all, to be honest. Um, but because I'm not an asshole, I didn't comment on it. I just, you know, breezed past. But it was somebody saying like, oh, POV, you're like one of those girls who has so many requirements to date like he needs to have gone he needs to be a certain height in xyz he needs to go to a certain school he needs to call me back all the time and like i just don't think on top of all the things we do need i don't think we need as a society to be um spending time criticizing what other people need in relationships like if all of us wanted the same things in relationships like we would be miserable like we would live the bachelor the bachelorette actually the reason the bachelor and the bachelorette like do well is because even when the goal is to date one person, like most of the people don't even want to do that. Most people are not there for the right reasons. That is my commentary on situationships. I think, honestly, I think that for me, I have been in I have been in situations where I haven't defined a relationship, and I've been coming out of things where I felt an anxiety to do so, and they work for me. I think. In parts of any relationship, whether a friendship or romantic, when you get to a point in which you realize that your needs seem to be a little different, it is your job to communicate those needs. And that can be really hard, especially because it's terrifying sometimes to communicate a need um, and to communicate like vulnerability because, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but I also think that when you communicate something that you're vulnerable about, everyone is pretty intelligent and you know that doing so um, Doing so gives you the opportunity to no longer say they didn't know. If you don't tell somebody that you need the definition of calling you every night, then a part of you can always, at least for me, say, like, maybe they didn't know. And sometimes I think we're just more afraid about being let down than we are about, like, letting somebody not let us down. So, um... But yeah, I guess that's kind of my commentary about situationships. So someone asked on here, does breakups mean breaking all communication? Breakups mean a different thing um, for everyone. Personally, for me, breakups have meant um, ending all communication. That just is how I benefit the most. Like, I don't benefit from watching somebody who was in my life continue to exit my life. But that doesn't mean that other people don't. Um, I have had three long-term relationships and none of them are my friends. Like, and I wish them, I wish them well and not in the Cardi B, like I wish you well in hell. (laughs) Like I do. I wish them well. I just, I think sometimes 
I think sometimes we hang on to things hoping that things will be different. And at least for me with my ADHD, I have not benefited from doing that. I also have some friends that like I kind of actually I'm friends with one person that I um, like had a crush on before, but we never dated and he's awesome. And so, yeah, I don't I just it's not that I don't believe you can be friends with an ex. I think some people can. I just can't. Doesn't make me happy. Um, yes, it, this is happening. So my gut is telling me not to move on from someone, even though he says it's over. Thanks for this question. Um, I think we often correlate like gut instincts with feelings and feel the need to act on them all the time. And then when we do act on them, we feel like guilty about acting on them because I think in our minds, we think acting means reaching out. Acting means trying to control a situation. Acting means, um, acting means we can change how we're feeling. We can never change how we're feeling. So if your instinct or your gut is telling you not to move on, for me, I think that means you need to sit with yourself and stop trying to force a timeline that your body isn't ready for right now. There's nothing wrong. There's no timeline in heartbreak. There's no timeline in love and there's no timeline in life. And Honestly, I think some of the most harmful conversations that we have about dating is when we put a timeline to something like that because, you know, your body, in my opinion, knows the score. I was talking to somebody for one month this summer. We were dating exclusively, but not boyfriend, girlfriend, which I think you might you might classify that as a situationship. Um, and one month, right? Like not even the three months of red, one month. I ended things in on the 4th of July. I just kind of crashed and burned. You like, like everything tends to do sometimes or a lot of things tend to do. And I remember sitting with my parents after that happened. I had like people at my house and it was just like a whole thing. And I was like, this is over, right? And I think my parents were like, yeah. And I'm like, but it's still going to suck. I wish it wasn't. And like that was like I committed at least to being like, you know, I'm already feeling sh like shit. Why add more shame? You know, um, there's no need to add shame. I think um, breakups can mean different things to different people. And I think your gut most of the time is talking to you to listen to you. Um, and it's really hard, especially if things end immediately or if you don't feel you're the one who ended things. Something seems to end out of the blue. I think it's kind of overwhelming when you think that you didn't have control in a situation. This could just be personal for me and my own journey, but I've realized the, the older I get, the more I realize how little control we have in everything. So yes, if someone ends things and they don't want to communicate with you anymore, they have technically done that, yes. And you can feel like, oh, I wasn't even like, I had no control. You, know, you never had control over have, if somebody else liked you. Like you never had control over that. You cannot control how somebody feels. You can't control how you feel. Because if you could control how you feel, why would you feel that? You wouldn't. If you could control how you feel, why would you feel heartbroken? You wouldn't. You would feel happy all the time. Everybody has free will. And, you know, everybody is on their own journey. And I know that that sounds simple to say. And so maybe it's, maybe it's my ADHD. I really benefit from repeating mantras and reminding myself that I didn't have control over everything has been really the most impactful thing for me. Um, have I ever stopped reaching out to someone because you felt like I was the only, I felt like I was the only one initiating. Yes, I have. Um, so my mom's a therapist on TikTok has a really great video about, um, 
like dating is kind of like kicking a ball, like playing tennis and kicking a ball back and forth. Um, I kind of agree. And then I also kind of disagree about that. Um, and I think that's totally fine. I, in different stages of my life, have been more of the pursuer in a relationship. I mean, consider it like my Aries Venus, which I am very into astrology. I feel more comfortable doing that. Almost ev actually every single person I have ever dated in my life had a long-term relationship with, I have instigated communication with them. Like I have been the one who has instigated communication. I have said hi first. I came up to them at a, like, at a vacation when I met them. It's always been me. But I think what people forget is that when people do that, or at least people like me, um, I want, I understand not everyone's going to match my energy, but I don't want to feel like I'm the only one interested. Although I'm more comfortable in a situation being the pursuer, if I feel as though someone is not making me feel wanted back, I will not be as interested in them. So definitely happened to me before. Um, but yeah, I just think, oh, I have a crush on my best friend, but I don't want to ruin the friendship. <laughs> that's awesome I don't who says you're gonna ruin the friendship honestly again I don't think you have really control over a lot this is now gonna sound repetitive and I'm I'm a little self-conscious hopefully it doesn't but why is it so implicit that implicit that you would ruin a friendship by liking someone frankly um you are supposed to like your friends now if you have a crush on your best friend and your friend doesn't see you that way is that gonna bother you because to me, having a crush on a best friend or having a crush in general or feelings, again, you don't choose. And also, my opinion about love is kind of interested in that. So um, I don't believe you love someone expecting to be loved back. You just love someone. It just exists. And kind of in the most pure form of love is just knowing that you feel this way and that you don't expect someone to feel it back. Now, that is terrifying. And it, that's why I think people in our culture and, our, and you know, nowadays are we tend to be hyper-focused on a fear of controlling love and a fear of not feeling out of control because love can make you feel out of control. But I don't think having a crush on a best friend would ruin a friendship. I think it just adds a dynamic to it. So yeah. Is it weird to be very excited about someone after two dates and express it? Not weird at all. Um, I love that question, mainly because my ADHD, I am very expressive. And I think that all relationships should be built on mutual trust and understanding. So why, like, there are, again, so many rules. There's so many rules I think of like, oh, don't tell someone you like them until the 10th date or don't kiss until the third or like, don't do. I just think those are so harmful, at least for people with ADHD, or at least my, my, ADHD, because if you give me a goal, I'll achieve it. And all I'll care about is achieving that goal. If you tell me, Catherine, to get a boy, you should get a boyfriend, A. B, to get a boyfriend, you need to go on five dates with somebody. He needs to do X, Y, and Z. All I will focus on is that. And I won't focus on myself or how I'm feeling or how somebody is making me feel or how comfortable I am being myself. And I won't focus on um, being true to myself. And then so what? I sure as hell will get a boyfriend because if there's one thing somebody with ADHD is good at, it is completing a task faster and more effectively than anyone else. But some stuff will slip through the cracks because, you know, like with ADHD, I'm not great at holding a lot of things in the air. And so while achieving the goal of getting a boyfriend and making sure that boyfriend did everything that they were supposed to do on those first five dates, I forgot the goal of being in love and I forgot the goal of reacting and I forgot the goal of of feeling comfortable and so I have found myself in relationships where I haven't felt comfortable being who I am I think you should be comfortable being who you are and 
that might mean that right now you're not the, I also think that means right now you're not the version of you you're going to be forever, right? Like I am 26 year old me. I often think about this with people on TikTok as well. And I think there's so much criticism on TikTok about younger creators and I get really, really protective about them because let's be very honest. If I had any viewership when I was 21, I am just so great. I'm so grateful I didn't have people looking at me when I was 21. And I don't mean that in like a millennial baby boomer way, the way people say like, oh, because I was embarrassed. I mean it because if that many people were looking at me at 21, I sure as hell would not be handling myself as well as these kids. I would not. I would have no idea what I'm doing. I would be, I would be insufferable. And I would be crippled with anxiety. And I would take every comment personally. And I would, t- I would just, I couldn't do that. I just frankly couldn't. So I don't know. I just, I, that is to say every day I think you figure out yourself and you learn more and more versions of yourself. And so that goes for the same in a relationship. The person you are today, I think is the person that you show up for in a relationship. And I think the most effective, loving, wonderful relationships happen when you are honest about who you are. You cannot control if someone's going to be honest back. You cannot control whether or not you're going to be heartbroken or whether or not someone is going to abuse you or whether or not somebody is going to leave you and whether or not someone is going to break your heart. And those things are so scary. But know that no matter what you do, you couldn't control them. So why not just control being yourself? Because then at least, you know, maybe someone will be freaked out after two dates. Maybe, sorry, I just did air quotes. I'm forgetting that you can't see me. Um, But around the freaked out, maybe saying you're excited about someone after two dates is too fast for them. What, what matters is it doesn't matter if it's too fast for them because that's your speed. And when you're at your speed, that's when you can meet somebody who will like your speed. And that's, I think, the corner of a healthy, loving relationship. Meeting people where you are and not wanting to change that speed. You know? It's just something I'm really, I'm really passionate about. But that also has to do with like love bombing. So I know there's been tons of commentary about love bombing online, and I, it's not that I don't believe it exists. I do. I, I understand that love bombing exists. And in short, if, if you haven't heard of love bombing, it's when somebody early on early stages of a relationship like plans a future and says, starts talking about their relationship in ways that may seem inappropriate for the stage of intimacy that you're at with somebody. Um, this tends to go hand in hand with commentaries around intimacy takes time to cultivate. And now intimacy does take time to cultivate. It, that is how, that's that's what you need, time. And so I understand that while when you want intimacy, if you're anything like me and fast is the only speed you've ever known, the fact that you're going to have to wait to cultivate it is frustrating. Um, however, love bombing is when somebody fakes that. Um, it's not that I don't agree with love bombing, I actually, it's, people with ADHD are a lot more vulnerable to being, I guess, subjected to love bombing, mainly because when you, when you have ADHD, you have like special interests or hyper-focused interests, I guess you consider my TikTok is a perfect example. It has become one of them. Um, So when I like something, I do it fast. I do it extreme. I've only known this speed. I've only known this intensity my entire life. So if somebody starts dating me and I become their special interest, there is a level of understanding which has been talked about as joking or like, you know, narcissism on here. But for me, I've honestly been like, oh, yeah, no, like I understand. Like, yeah, like that's how I am with other things. Um, 
And so that's dangerous because sometimes people are doing that and they're doing it just to harm you. And sometimes they're doing that to take advantage of you. And so I guess the most important thing I want to talk about when I talk about love bombing right now is to say that I think I would like us to change the narrative around who's to blame. Because right now there seems to be a large narrative or just my understanding around it's your job to suss out if someone's love bombing you. It's your job if you are um, in an unhealthy relationship. It's your job to get out of an abusive situation. It's your job. I think that's giving somebody a lot of jobs. And I think as somebody with ADHD, um, I do best when I can focus on one. And so if you take anything from my podcast at all, please let it be that your only job in my mind is to know who you are and how you feel. And that might be hard and you might not like how you feel sometimes. And you, that might, it might be difficult, but that is your only job. And everything else will fall to the wayside if you listen and focus on those two things. It is not your fault if you get into a relationship and it becomes abusive and you are abused. It is not your fault if you trust someone and you believe somebody and it turns out they were just love bombing you. That's not your fault. Bad things happen to everyone and that is not to minimize them. That is to normalize that bad things are still going to happen to you if you still focus on yourself. You're still going to feel heartbroken sometimes. You're still going to be let down. You're still going to be disappointed. But at the end of the day, you realize that you got through all of those things. You are the person. You are the thing. You are the main character of your own life. You've always been the main character of your own life. If you're going to be hurt, you're hurt. Someone else isn't hurting you. That should be what you focus on. That's just my own personal opinion. I also want to say I, I started this podcast because peop, I, off, I opened my DMs up on Instagram to ask me questions. Um, I didn't think that this many people would want my opinion on things, which is so nice and also gone to my head. As someone who has only ever liked talking, um, the fact that people want my opinion on things is great. So I would like to answer some of my requests that I have right now. I said I would do this on TikTok, and so I plan on doing it. Um, so feel free to ask me any questions. I will get back to you um, on DM, or I will put you on a podcast, and I will tell you the episode. I will never like call you out on the episode that you're on. So we're going to talk about this person. Um, they reached out to me. Long story short, this is the situation. Um, my ex and I dated for 15 months. When we broke up, I was 22 and she was 23. She broke up with me not because I did anything wrong, but because she couldn't see a future with me. When we broke up, she said, I didn't do anything wrong. I think so highly of you. You treat me amazing. My parents love you. Um, her mom told her to wait a week before breaking up with me. Her mom loved me. Within three months, she's with someone else. How do you deal with a sense of betrayal? I already lost all hope months ago. This seems, this kind of, this quickly kind of seems like she only wants attention. The breakup happened in September. We started dating July of the year before. First of all, thank you for reaching out to me. Um, and thank you for asking this question. And I will, this will remain anonymous. I'm sorry you're going through this right now. Um, being, betrayal is a feeling of anger and hurt. Um, I would suggest looking into, there's a feelings wheel. when You can, you can Google that. A lot of therapists use it. Um, and aligning with how you're feeling right now. I would urge you, 
it really, really sucks to feel betrayed. I would urge you to ask yourself if really um, figuring out why she's in a new relationship is going to make you feel less betrayed. I think when things end, we often feel a sense of overwhelm when we recognize that we did not have control ever of how someone felt about us because we never did. Um, And so when we feel out of control or when something happens that we can't expect it to happen, it's only natural for us to be like, why? And to play investigator and to say, okay, well, we're going to do this mental math and we're going to think about, well, her parents love me. It doesn't matter. What matters right now, being you, is that you're heartbroken and you're hurt. That's what matters. It doesn't matter if she's married. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. What matters is how you feel. And now I understand it might be difficult to feel that way because you have been spending an entire year considering somebody else's emotions. Give yourself grace for that adjustment time. All that matters is you now. And really, you should have mattered the most the whole time. And that's okay. You are young. You're younger than me. So that's why I'm going to say you're young. You have your whole life to figure this out. If I can ask you to do one thing, can it please be that every time you feel yourself maybe looking for a fix of like, what did she really want? Can you do something that you want to do? You're never going to know why she left. And nothing you find out about her, in my opinion, will ever make you feel any better. What's going to make you feel better is spending time with yourself and taking the shame away from feeling hurt. Everyone has felt hurt and betrayed. doesn't make you any less worthy of love because you're feeling that right now. This is not going to last forever. It might last for a bit. It really, it, it might. Pretending it's not going to hurt is just going to push that down, in my opinion, for you to deal with later. These feelings, all of the feelings that you feel are part of the human experience. Like that is what life is about. And I don't really know why it is. I just know that it is. I promise you, one day you are going to be driving in a car and you are going to hear a song like Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo and you are going to be able to laugh and kind of cry thinking about the version of you that so deeply related to that music and knowing that that version of you is within you and got you to where you are today. And it will feel more comforting and less gutting, but it's only going to feel that way when you go through it right now. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're going through pain. Heartbreak is the worst. And I don't know if this is your first relationship, but I will say that my first heartbreak was gut-wrenching. It, it was, it was the worst pain I'd ever felt. Um, be kind to yourself. Time heals everything in the interim. When you control what you can control, at least make sure that's nice. Because right now you're dealing with a lot of nice, not nice stuff. But thanks for asking the question. I really appreciate it. Um, we can, I think I can answer one more if anybody has a question right now. Um, I'm on live, so I'm going to look and see. Oh, young Alex Cooper. Um, I am doing a podcast live and I will address the young Alex Cooper moment. I actually like to go off about this. I love Alex Cooper. I love her. I think she's incredible. I look up to her. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, so maybe I'm not great at this. I apologize. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts, um, but I don't anymore. I don't drive a lot for work. Um, And I actually have a commentary about Alex that I want to say now. I think she's incredible and 
as a person who's dating, I <laughs> I bring her up in conversations with men. So when I get to know a guy or something, I'll just float on that I like Alex. And I follow Call Her Daddy. Like, I do. And I follow um, her on on Instagram. And when I'm a fan of somebody and, like, I really support their stuff, I just like everything they do. I just like it all. Um I just I haven't like take I haven't listened to every podcast. The point is, I think you can tell a lot about a guy based on how he responds to knowing you like call her daddy. Okay? And follow me on this one. I think you can tell a lot about a guy based on how they respond to call her daddy because call her daddy is a podcast that was originated obviously i mean i don't think i need to explain it but i'd like to explain it anyway by the chance that someone hasn't heard of it call her daddy was a podcast hosted by barstool originally hosted by alex cooper and sophia with an f i don't know her last name i'm sorry they were two friends they were both um girls um one was a brunette one was a blonde alex was the blonde that's the honestly i think the reason i like related to her more i also have blonde hair and they, in my opinion, changed the podcasting game. They came on to Barstool and they had a sex-focused, female-focused podcast in which women talked about sex the way that men always did. Always have, always. will listen to, I was singing earlier today, um, that song that's like, to the window, to the wall. In case you were wondering, um, that song was played to the sweat drip down. Yeah, that song was played like every single middle school dance I ever went to. I was like 11 and, and blasting it on the radio. And it was totally okay because like a guy was singing it. Alex Cooper with Call Her Daddy rewrote the game. And so while I don't listen to Call Her Daddy every single week, and while I have not fully agreed with every single thing she's ever said in life, because that's literally insane, I I tell a lot about how somebody may treat me by how they respond to that question. I know there's a lot of comments about how a guy treats his mom is how he'll treat his wife, how a guy treats his friends is how he'll treat you. A guy's level of discomfort with Alex Cooper's success, because not only did it start on it started on Barstool, the highest grossing podcast, in my opinion, of like all time, the one that matters. Um, she signed like a something like a $60 million deal, dollar deal, like some huge ass deal with Spotify. She went through a falling out where her and Sophia hosted it together. She took it like she did it on her own. She then pivoted to do Spotify. Incredible, literally inspirational and incredible. There's so many things to say about her. She's an advocate for mental health. She is so cool. She is so fun. She is a, a voice that was not heard before. And so if I bring this up to a guy who I just started dating and they say anything that isn't to do with, wow, that's like really fucking sick. I call it an assumption. Like maybe it is. Uh, I, you know, I, I stand by my beliefs. If they talk about that, they're just not comfortable with a girl talking like that. I think they're not comfortable with female success. I do. And I just, I think it says a lot. I really do. And I think some guys like try and be cool by saying, oh yeah, like, isn't that kind of like, I don't know, crude. Yeah, exactly. No, totally crude. Why don't you tell me more about the podcast you and your three friends from your hometown host about critiquing professional athletes and how well they play hockey. But, but Alex Cooper, who is hilarious and a genius, who did something, talked about sex in a way, putting this online, talking, regardless of how much she had planned or not planned and has spoken about outlining or not outlining, she spoke about herself online in a way that was so incredibly vulnerable and incredibly open online. Everybody talks about like there's always a digital footprint. Do you know how much, how many guts it took to do that? Like, 
But you're right. You're right. It's nothing like the podcast that you co-write with your friends about professional hockey players. Nothing like that. That's just something that I feel really passionate about. But yeah. <sighs> anyway, I love I love her Call Her Daddy. It's I think it's a great podcast. I, I often say that that's my favorite. Um, my real favorite podcast that I've ever listened to was The Bitch Bible by Jackie Schimmel. It's the only podcast that I've seen every single episode of. Um, and I do say every single episode lightly because... I don't listen to podcasts that much anymore. Maybe I'll have to start listening to them though. Um, only time will tell. But yeah, that's all I have for today, actually, which is exciting. I have to say, thank you for listening. Um, if you just met me on this, I, I hope you stick around for a bit. If not, no worries. And if you're coming on to hear me longer and you met me on TikTok, I just want to say I love you and appreciate you more than you know. As someone who has never been able to stop talking, the validation that you gave me by saying I needed a podcast is the most, it's like the best, it's the most influential gift I've ever received. So for now, um, thank you for listening. I'm going to upload this to my site. Maybe an audio engineer will take a look at it, hopefully make sure that I wasn't giving weird playback, but um, I'll promise you a couple things. This podcast will never be edited ever. I will never cut anything out. Um, all of my DMs that I will respond to on Instagram will be anonymous. I'm going to message this person back and tell them that they were on this podcast. And uh, I'll, always, I'll always be honest with you. And hopefully in the interim, you're honest and nice to yourself. But until next week, I love you and I'll see you soon.